game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. But a pass up the right wing to Nurse. He's got a line to the net. He'll come in. The shot's gone! survived the Sharks tonight. Here's the deal. The Oilers didn't defend very well. They didn't make a lot of great decisions. They didn't always execute very well offensively. They had the second best goaltender on the ice, but they get two points. San Jose actually had seven pucks go in the net. Three of them were disallowed after Oilers coaches' challenges. Now, to be fair, the Oilers had one of their own goals waved off after a coach's challenge. But in the end, the Oilers kept coming, tied it late in the third period, and then won it in overtime. Multiple chances in OT. Nurse scored with 14.3 seconds left. The Oilers had nine shots on goal in overtime compared to three for the San Jose Sharks. Campbell made a couple of good saves in OT to keep it going. So that's the Coles notes tonight. A lot to discuss. Kind of a weird game. All the video reviews. I'm sure we'll talk about goalie interference as we go along tonight. A couple of, uh, well, one especially strange no calls on what looked like penalties, including a tackle by James Reimer this evening. The Oilers are 40-23-8. and eight. They're 8-2 eight and two in their last 10. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford. Overtime open line. Well, Rob, how'd they do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, simply, uh, they have better talent. And I think that's what today's game was. Uh, neither team played great defensively. Uh, the Oilers got some breaks on some video calls. I mean, the, the last one, the, the two-on-one, I guess it was almost a three-on-one, that they went offside on. Uh, you have a three-on-one, you don't go offside. Uh, that's... That's just a simple, simple math, right? I mean, you wait till the puck goes across the line. It was a bad move there, but the Oilers did. They played just well enough to win this hockey game. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. We have a process that we believe in. We spend a lot of time studying what gets called uh, around the league. Um, we ask a lot of questions. And in the end, um, when you do your work like that, when the pressure time comes, we have a process that we follow. and. Tonight we were proven right on a few, and um, but it wouldn't happen without uh, Jeremy and, and Noah. I know that's a game where there's probably lots that you weren't thrilled with, yet you find a way to win it. What do you sort of, as the coach, what do you take away from a night that went the way tonight went? Well, I would agree with you, first of all. Um, you know, there's things to fix tomorrow. But I thought uh, our willingness to win um, and our ability to find a win when a goaltender was having a great night. Um, I would compliment James Reimer. I thought he played a heck of a game tonight. I thought the San Jose Sharks uh, played a heck of a game tonight, gave us everything that we could handle. Um, you know, but there, we didn't play the game we wanted to play in the first two periods. And I thought 
um, we could do better. But we also knew that the, what the stakes of tonight were, which is that two points were on the table. And I think you have to give our players credit for finding a way to get those two points. But nobody is um, nobody's blind to the fact that we have to fix some things. When when they take a, a well three goals off the board like they did, do you look at it and say, well, we got lucky there, or do you look at it and say, it's offside, there's no goal, nothing, uh, nothing to see here, folks? Well, I would say that there's four goals that were taken off the board tonight, right? With because uh, we had one taken off. Um, no, I, I don't think we turn a blind eye to what led up to that. Um, chance against or, or whatnot, you know, like it was an eyelash here or an eyelash there and you're fishing it out of your net. Um, so, like I said, there's things that we can fix in our game tonight. Uh, Campbell's slow start, strong finish. How did you uh, evaluate the way he went? Yeah, Jack was like the rest of our team. He found a way to win the game uh, on a non-perfect night, but I thought uh, for him and his self-confidence uh, to find a way to get the two points for the team, that's all he cares about. Couple from Ekholm. We're seeing that slap shot of his. Mm -hmm. uh, Nurse ends up with the winner. Sort of contributions from all around on a night like this where you know, it wasn't necessarily just McDavid and Drysdale or the top two lines finding the, the offense. Yeah, you know what I thought at home that was great that that he found those uh, two very important goals at important junctures in the game. I thought for Darnell to get the one in overtime, I thought it was excellent. I thought Kyler Yamamoto was one of our best players tonight. Um, you know, he, uh, he made a lot of really good plays, including uh, the winner. Uh, the play on the winner to have the wherewithal and the heads up to make that pass to Darnell like that. Um, I thought Nugent Hopkins was good with whoever he played with tonight, and I kind of moved him around. Um, we didn't like the what we were seeing at different points in the game, and we had the blender out, and we're just trying to find a way. Uh, in the end, as I said, not perfect, but the players found a way to get the two points. We'll take it, move on. I've heard you talk about Dave Manson as your left tackle before. I wonder after yeah. a night like tonight with the video crew, how you would categorize them. Oh, they're the unsung heroes. So who's the unsung heroes in football? Usually the special teams guys, isn't it? The ones that launch themselves down the field and, and uh, tackle guys in, in tough situations. So our, our video department's probably, um, you know, the special teams side of football. Uh, Nick Bukestad's been a bit of an unsung hero. Another goal tonight. Uh, great contra contributions, I guess, on the penalty kill as well. Just what have you thought about his presence here since he arrived? Yeah, I mean, uh, veteran, uh, first and foremost. He's someone who's a long body, so, um, you know, uh, I think he's tough to contain for other teams. I think he's been, over his time here, good in the faceoff circle. He's found ways to get on the offensive uh uh, side of the ledger um, you know I didn't I wasn't expecting that but seeing some good things there I thought um, you know he's he's commanding his share of ice time uh, Jay you were asked about uh, Jack Campbell earlier I just wonder if you had put any thought to, to making a switch going into the third not at all I thought we were right there in the game and um, I thought both goaltenders made saves tonight I thought Jack was very good especially in the third period and in overtime and um, he helped us get the two points 
So I was, I was pleased that he helped, helped us get the win, and that's got to help his personal self-confidence. And you have 11 games left. I mean, Stuart Skinner had a good run here. Do you have any kind of thought as to how you want to handle your goaltending down the stretch? Nope. I'm just going to enjoy the win tonight, and uh, we'll start preparations for a really uh, game Arizona Coyotes team tomorrow. Um, but, no, I haven't put any further thought into that, at least not publicly. Good? Are we good? Thanks, guys. Yeah, he's put thought into it, but he's not going to tell us what those thoughts were about the goaltending. That's Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Oilers beat the Sharks 5-4 in overtime. Nurse the winner. Shots 52-32 in favor of the Oilers. All right, Rob. Few things to talk about. Yep. Matias Ekholm is the first star in this game. To me, even if he hadn't tied it late in the third period, he was the Oilers' best player. But he did, and what a shot! Uh, he's got a he's got a heavy shot, and he has a place that he likes to go. And when you're putting the puck there, if you hit your spot, you score. I mean, he's taking a slap shot from 15, 18 feet out. Uh, it's either going in or it's it's missing the net. The goalie can't move. And you saw that one. Reimer tried to give him, make as big as he could and take away the angle. But if you hit the spot, it's a goal. It's a heavy. I mean, the guy's a monster. So when he shoots the puck, it's coming in hard. Uh, he just gives them so much offensively, defensively. Uh, he plays a tough game without playing dirty. Like, you don't see him. In, it's not a prey to the penalty box with that comb. He plays the game within the limits, but... He, you certainly know that you're out there against him. He's heavy. And he's, I know that the Oilers had high expectations when Ekholm came. I know they were excited about the trade. I'm not sure they thought at this point he would have nine or ten points. He'd have three goals. And they certainly, he's plus 15. Yeah. And plus minus, I know that they don't, people, a lot of people don't think of it as big a deal as it is. But usually the best players are plus. When it's extreme, yeah. it's uh, yeah. something to point out. Yeah, especially when you're all playing on the same team. Now, if the whole team's minus, all right, well, then you're on a bad team. You're, no one's going to be plus. But he's on a good team, and he's plus 15. Darnell Nurse leads this team in plus minus. He's plus 21, and it's been through the whole year. Ekholm's come. He's plus 15 in his 9 or 10 games. So Ekholm was excellent uh, and a big reason. Why they won, but as I said to Bob upstairs, they didn't bring Ekholm in here to help them beat San Jose or Arizona. Right. They brought Ekholm in here because to get out of your division, you're going to have to go through Vegas. You're going to go after through, go through L.A., two big, strong, heavy teams. And if you get through them, you're going to probably run into Colorado, uh, a very, very good hockey club, Stanley Cup champions. That's why Ekholm is here. And right now you're just seeing the, the tip of the iceberg with him because uh, I would say he's been excellent to whatever is above excellent in every game that he's played thus far for the Oilers. Speaking of the Kings, by the way, they are hammering Calgary 7-2 with five minutes left in the third as we go to the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Senators beat the Penguins 2-1. Panthers knock off the Red Wings 5-2 and the Avalanche cruise past Chicago with a 5-0 victory here at Rogers Place. Oilers beat the Sharks 5-4 in OT. So because the Oilers scored 5, the Japanese Village goal light is activated on 630Ched.com. 
Head to the website, print up a coupon for a free appy at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location at 3975 Calgary Trail. All right, goaltending. Jack Campbell plays tonight. He gets the win. 8-2 now for the Kings over the Flames. It's he, U-G-L-Y in that game. It is ugly for the Calgary Flames. It's uh, Campbell's now 18-9-4. He stops 28 out of 32 tonight is his official stat line. Uh, he did make some very good saves, including yep. a couple in overtime. Yep. Like the, 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 like Kings had a couple of good looks that he had to stop. Um, seven pucks got past him total. Three of them were disallowed. The first, the second shot of the game he faced went in. Good shot by Hurdle. Yep. But again, uh, from range, and, and there's not a lot of grace here with Campbell when one beats him. Everybody's always thinking, oh, I don't know. That one was disallowed. Look, a couple, uh, you obviously have to give offensive players credit. Eric Carlson had a breakaway, he scored. That was a Steven Lorenz, Campbell stopped them on a breakaway. Lorenz made an incredible play to bat the rebound out of the air. I, I, I'm not saying those. But at the end of the day, it was it was seven pucks. Yep. And the goalie, okay, so the goalie interference call, usually you wouldn't even bother about a puck that went past the goalie on goalie interference. That shot's going wide by a foot. And Campbell moved to it and it hit inside his right arm and went back into the net. He got bailed out by the replay. And it wasn't an interference where you've seen goalies he wasn't get bowled up. No, yeah. no, he, he actually pushed, uh, I think it was Couture, and then went to track the puck. So it, it was one of those, it's, it was a game where he, he struggled at times. It's a game where the Oilers were not good defensively yep. at all. But as Jay Woodcroft said, he was like the rest of the team he helped them find a way to win because he made two saves in overtime that were excellent. Uh, one on Hurdle, and there was another, I think it was Lorenz, coming down the, the wing. So he made two point-blank saves that were very, very good in overtime that allowed the Oilers to get the extra point. But is this a game that you as a fan gain confidence in, in Jack Campbell? I don't know. Hopefully it's a game where Jack Campbell... This is the bounce back or the break that he got because he had those goals disallowed and he allowed his team to get a victory. But um, the coaching staff is not blind to the fact that seven goals went in. Not just blind to the fact for Jack Campbell not making the saves, but not blind to the fact that the Oilers were not good defensively. Well, the, the, and Gregor's goal, like you, you were saying with Bob, that's a three-on-one. And, yep. and, and the Oilers were guilty of giving up several odd man rushes, just bad positioning. Was it Broberg and uh, Kulak that ran into each other in the, the second center, period? Yep. CC, uh, other goal in the second period, CC went to a guy who was already being checked by Nurse. Like, and then I'm signaling out plays on goals. There were numerous plays that didn't result in goals where the Oilers didn't cover well. Well, I don't think it wasn't too long before the Ekholm goal that tied it that San Jose had another two-on-one that they didn't score on. So there was another odd man break. San Jose could have extended it. And then there was the one that CC kept off the goal line where the puck was bouncing in. It was a three-on-three three where I don't even know what number 20's name is for the San Jose Sharks. Oh, Zetterland. Yeah, he he walked. He took a slap shot from eight feet yeah, out. And actually, that was another good save by Campbell. And, and then the rebound hit Zetterland and was going was in. Was going in, and that's when CeCe kept it out. So there were a number of, of golden opportunities for the San Jose Sharks. Now, again, and we talked about at the end of the second period, San, the Oilers did not play well, but the San Jose Sharks are a team that the Oilers can play one period and win. 
or play one five-minute stretch right. and win. And that's what the Oilers did. They played well enough to win. But the Oilers aren't going to play a team like San Jose in the playoffs. That's not who they're trying to beat. And I give all the credit in the world to the Kraken. The other day, the Oilers beat the Kraken. The Kraken were the better team for large stretches. The Oilers... The Kraken aren't the team that the Oilers need to get through to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. The Oilers are going to have to beat a good Vegas team. We're watching you and I right now, the LA Kings. The Oilers have had this incredible stretch for um, two months now. Yet, they haven't caught the LA Kings because the LA Kings... Well, the best team in the league since uh, the New Year, I believe. So, yeah. so that's how good they are. So that's who the Oilers have to be good enough to beat in the playoffs. The way the Oilers played the last two games isn't good enough. And that's not... Uh, trying to yeah. be negative. That's something oh, that Jay Woodcroft, no, no. Jay Woodcroft knows that. Yeah. No, Seattle is a better team. They're better. So, I mean, they're going to be better but pressuring, not, but they're not. It's not a yeah. team that you need to get through if you want to be a Stanley Cup champion. The LA Kings are. The Colorado Avalanche are. Oilers win 5-4 in overtime. So, James H. Brown, injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Fill in the net with 100 bucks to 630 Chet Sen is anonymous every time the Oilers score. So, $500 tonight. And the guy who got the overtime winner, Darnell Nurse. Seems like you kind of took the long way around a little bit for those those two points tonight. Bit of an up and down night, but but positive result in the end. Yeah, I think obviously our group, you know, we got we got better in here for a full 60 minute effort. Um, but uh, we were resilient. There's nights that uh, you're not going to feel it, but you got to find a way to win, and we did that tonight. When was the last time you had a breakaway? Uh, I don't know, guys. I always joke in here that I get quite a quite a few and never score. So, um, yeah, but that feels like the first one in a while. You should start uh, cherry picking for a few more. No, 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 no. That is a that is a once in a blue moon thing. I'm not going to start doing that. They had three goals taken off the board. What do you what do you make of that? Yeah, it's a great job by the the video staff, um, JC and No. They had the uh, eye the there, and um, yeah, it was it was great on their part. Those are those details that, uh, I mean, Jay is known as a pretty detailed coach, but it's almost like when you hear the reviews coming, you know that you're going to get it. Like you're, you're, your staff's pretty bang on this year. Yeah, they, they have uh, great attention to detail, I think. Uh, a good awareness of how things are getting called in the league because uh, sometimes you get things going to come back and it's not, so they have a good awareness of uh, you know when to make the call and when not to. What do you take out of this game? You know, obviously you guys probably weren't happy with, it, with a big chunk of it, but how do you process it and what do you take from it? Yeah, I mean, we'll get back here tomorrow and, and break it down a little bit after watching the film. But uh, like I said, you're not going to have your A game every night. You got to find ways to win those games. Um, but we have to, this time of the year, we have to have our A game uh, more nights than not. When was the last time you saw a slap shot goal from below the circle, like Ekholm's over there? He's had a couple slap shot goals in the last uh, week or so. Like he's got a absolute cannon. So uh, he made some huge plays for us tonight. Uh, we're not in the position to win the game if he doesn't make the plays that he made. So uh, it's great to have him. So Darnell Nurse gets the winner, his eighth goal of the season. Yamamoto and Nugent Hopkins, the helpers, with 14.3 seconds left in overtime. Edmonton wins 5-4. They've taken a shot away from the Oilers. So 51-32 now the shots. So Reimer, a measly 46 saves. Well, and uh, how about the save, though, he made well, on Leon Dreisaitl? And that was at that the end of the third with, period? or was uh, Yeah, end of the third period. 47 seconds left. So the Oilers had a chance to win this in regulation. They got a power play late in the game on an over-the-glass penalty. He, that, there was a couple one-timers tonight where Leon didn't get all of it. This one he did. And Reimer, who was already down and out because he, he was coming across and he, he played the one in the middle. Or no, sorry. That was when Hyman was in front. Hyman made an unbelievable pass, and he just dove and had his blocker and his glove out 
Unbelievable save. That was one that you and I were up in the press box. We could hear each other go, oh, wow. Yeah. Unbelievable save right there. Is, uh, the Oilers' power play didn't capitalize, but not through lack of opportunities or lack of chances as Reimer made one of the saves of the year on Leon Dreisaitl. By the way, Albert's a winner tonight of a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. I set the line for Jack Campbell's save percentage in this game at 890. It was under at 875. Set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. Okay, you're going to hear from uh, Nick Bugstad, one of the uh, other New Oilers who had a pretty good game tonight as well. We're also happy to hear from you. 780-496-0063 is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Oilers beat the Sharks 5-4 in OT. It's Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. To Laurent, he'll get to center ice. Come into the Oilers zone. Now in front of the net to Zetterlin, the save by Campbell. Oh, the rebound knocked away by CeCe. That was about to go in, and CeCe saved the goal, and it's cleared out of the zone. That is the save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. That was in the third period. Would have put the Sharks up a couple of goals. But Campbell makes the initial save. 6.05 left. Then I, I actually think it hit Nugent Hopkins. and Because and, didn't Nugent swipe at it and it bounced towards the net? Yeah, and then it was... And then well, CeCe had to pull but it But then up. it went off. actually went off the foot of the... Um, right, San Jose hit, Shark so Park. It hit Zetterlin again, yeah. and then I thought it ticked off Nuge and then bounced back and was, towards the goal. And line, it was going in, and then yeah, for sure. CC was able to get it on the goal. And again, you're right, that would have made it a two-goal difference in the hockey game. Yeah. Uh, so, But the whole thing was a three-on-three three that ended up with uh, a wide-open slap shot one-timer from about 10 feet out. So the Oilers, they're, it's one of those, again, the coach is happy to be able to break down film of a win, but he'll have a lot of film to break down because the Oilers defensively, this was not a stellar effort tonight. Uh, I said the Kings had the best record since Christmas. The Kings have the best winning, the Kings have the best points percentage in the Western Conference since Christmas, then Edmonton, and then Colorado and Minnesota. Well, to me, the three best teams, and we've talked about it for about a month, three best teams in the West, Edmonton, LA, and Colorado. Those are the three best teams. I still believe that the LA Kings are going to win the division regular season. I believe the Oilers are going to come in second and have home ice advantage over Vegas in the first round. 5-4, the Oilers win in overtime. 780-496-0063. We have goalie Greg standing by. Double G, go ahead. Oh, first, I got to ask you a question. We all, we all agree that winning is the most important thing for the Oilers, right? The winning isn't or is? No, is, is. Yes, you got to win. Okay, okay. so throw out save percentage and um, goals against average. I just want to throw something at you guys here. So games started for Skinner. Um, he has a 550 save per- or a winning percentage. Games played, a 523 save percentage. Campbell, game started, a 580 win percentage. Games played, a 545 win percentage. Okay, so... That being said, Campbell has better stats than Skinner. And th- no, going no, no, forward, no, 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 no. The team has better stats when Campbell's in net. Okay, Campbell doesn't have better stats. 
But, no, okay, yeah, but if you're basing it on winning percentage... No, I, I, and yeah, and that's, also that's point the percentage, team, though, that's not the, just the goalie. Uh, I know, there's but no comparison between though. the two. There's no but comparison here's between the two. But here's percentage, though, guys. Points percentage, it, Skinner has uh, a 600, and Campbell has a 645. So if winning is the most important thing, and I'm, okay, I'm just... Okay, no, I'm going to ask you one question, goalie Greg, and then you, yep. have, to, you have to answer yes or no, and then we go on to other callers. Yep. Game one of the playoffs is Wednesday night. Which goalie are you starting? Oh, Skinner, hands down. Okay, okay. thank I'm, you for calling. <laughs> I mean, there's no I understand comparison. what he's saying. It is about winning. It is, but that's it is about winning, and sometimes there are goalies. But it's not who just, don't always the, the best. The winning percentage. It, it, that's a lot of it. Tonight wasn't on the back of of Campbell. Tonight was on the back of the Oilers' offense. So when you talk winning percentage, you can't just say, "Well, this goalie has a better winning percentage," because some nights, if he's getting six goals in run support as opposed to three goals for the Knights of Skinner's in net, it makes a difference. So uh, there's no comparison between the and two you got to judge with your eyes, too, yes. not just the stats. I mean, sometimes it's, it's well, the stats you can do judge with the stories. You can judge with the stat that... Right, and if you, were to, if you were to go through the season and say, win or lose, how many starts would you say this goalie has been below average or poor? Unfortunately, there'd be way more for Campbell. Well, to me, probably this, ten to three or. or well, in all honesty, more. There's, this isn't even worth the conversation. There's no comparison between the two this year, honestly. Wow, just nothing. shutting it down, eh? Well, it, it's silly. I mean, there's no comparison, so it's it, it's a silly argument. Stuart Skinner is by far the better goalie this year, and if the playoffs started tomorrow, he would be the goaltender. And it's there's no question about that, and there's no argument about it. So it's kind of a silly, silly thing. We got Rick as well, 780-496-0063. Rick, what's going on? Hey, guys, great show. Uh, I'd just like to make a couple points, one being uh, the first star was Ekholm. Uh, in my books, it was the video coach. He was the only guy that was plus three tonight. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I, I have to correct you just for the sake of accuracy. Kyler Yamamoto was plus three, but I know exactly what you're saying. And my other point is it's going to come down to the two games that we play with, with uh, L.A. and Vegas as to the final standings. That's oh, my absolutely. Those yeah. are huge games. We'll give Jeremy Koopel the fourth start tonight oh, for wow. Jandel Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. I'm surprised we haven't got any calls, but we've only taken a couple. I'm surprised we haven't got any goalie interference calls yet. The, the offsides, whether you like the rule or not, and you used to, because I used to complain about yep. it excessively. First couple of years, I really hated it. I've come to accept it. it it's, it's still it's, dumb. It's, it's black or white. It's right, but you, it if you're offside, you're offside. To be, you still do it in real time. Don't give them, don't let them slow it down. Both those goalie interference calls, like, I, I really want to know what people think, because and again, the 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 rule. I'm not going to read the entire rule because it's three pages of the rule book. You can find the rule book on online. It said it, this is this is the one of the first things it says though under interference on the goalkeeper. Goals should be disallowed only if number one, an attacking player either by his positioning or by contact impairs the goalie's ability to move freely within his crease or defend his goal, or number two, an attacking player initiates intentional or deliberate contact with a goaltender inside or outside the goal crease. That doesn't apply to No, it was, it was number one. So it's, it's, it's case number one in both those cases. And I do appreciate, I can't, I'm not sure, I can't remember if it was Branch or, or uh, Brank or Savret, which ref announced it, the first one. But he said, he said, that's goalie interference on Hyman, 
I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Because goalie interference on Hyman, he prevented the goalie from doing his job in the crease. No, Which is it, actually what the rule means. Yes. Oh, no, it's right. I, I think they're both weak calls, and I don't think either one of those players interfered enough that caused the goals to go in. I think both goals should have counted. I understand the rule, and I, I can see where the referees went with it, but I don't think that was the intention of the rule when they started it. I mean, to me, both goalies had ample time, and they could have made the saves. They didn't. So I thought both of those should be allowed. It's funny, though, the referee on the first one, the way he announced it, to start with, all the other fans were cheering, and then it was like, I fooled you. I'm just throwing this <laughs> at you, just words, and then I'm going to go the opposite direction. Because they were all cheering, and then all of a sudden, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like, I, I just, I understand the call. I understand the rule. And I saw what you just said there. But they weren't impeded where it affected their ability to stop the puck. I don't believe that. But that's what we've talked about yeah. before. If, even if the puck had already beaten the goaltender, yeah. and he was bumped in the crease and, and had no chance to react in time, it would be disallowed. Yeah, which and I think that was, wasn't that the Hyman one in Vancouver? The puck was already past the goalie when Hyman bumped him. And there's, but by the, that letter of the rule. Yeah. Then the, the Couture one was weird to me. You know, he was in the crease. Yes, 100% he was. But, but Campbell almost went forward and almost made a show of, oh, look, ref, I'm swimming to get by look, him. Look how hard yeah. it is for me to get by him. Now, it it worked. It did. If he if he would have moved norm if he would have moved normally to his right and stayed deeper in his net and got beat, yeah, they no. wouldn't have been able to challenge. Well, he Campbell went after the contact. Right. And it's like you're going through the neutral zone where you give the guy a little tug and then when he tugs you back you throw your head back. Right. You're 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 telling the referee, Hey look, look at me. So yeah, I I just don't like I don't like either goal being disallowed because I don't think either impeded the goalie enough that it should have affected his ability to stop the goal. There are times, well, but the thing is, I, yeah, I, it's too much open to inter. <laughs> there's so many though that I've seen over the years that I have no idea what they're gonna get, what they're gonna go with. Bob tonight, he was I think one for two on them, as he thought for sure the Couture goal was gonna count, and weirdly it didn't. Rob Brown wants to see a quick change to the goalie interference <laughs> rule for Jiffy Loop. Yes, I Keeping do. Keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. The Oilers. Pull it out 5-4 in overtime against the Sharks. We have Scott on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Scott. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. Just wanted to say, uh, before I get to my point, yeah, the Reimer, he sure played good tonight in uh, his little uh, football play on nudes there. Yeah, <laughs> was, was yeah. The call. <laughs> yeah it was anyways, actually uh, quite funny. Today's game, you know, totally crazy. Uh, sloppy play by, you know, some of the guys on the back end. Uh, I think I screamed more at the TV tonight than any game this year, uh, you know, especially playing against the bottom feeder. Most of that screaming, I think, say, was saved for Bouchard. Never seen so many intercepted passes, block shots, bad decisions, whether it was on the power play or the five-on-five. Five. I guess Woodcroft is probably uh, letting them learn by his mistakes because if it was... Me in, in there uh, making the decisions, I think I would have had uh, Ekholm uh, taking his spots on a lot of places, uh, places over time, uh, well, power play. I, I mean, they, they liked what Bouchard did tonight. He played 26 minutes, I believe, which might, I don't know if it's a career high for him, but 
it'd be pretty close. Uh, Bouchard is a guy that has the ability to make fantastic plays, and we saw a few of them. The one, actually, on the one where Nugent Hopkins was tackled, that was a wonderful play by Bouchard. It was a fake shot. He threw it hard at Nugent Hopkins, and Nugent Hopkins had the, the chance to go to the net. But there were a couple other plays. There was a one-on-one -on -one where he got undressed. So he, let's say that Evan Bouchard is a high-event hockey player. Oh, he is. Yeah, and so there's some things that are fantastic. There's some things that uh, he'd like to get out of his game. But the one thing that he has right now that he hasn't had since last year's playoffs is he's got an Ekholm. He's got a veteran player beside him that if there's a mistake made, Ekholm's there to clean it up. And that is huge because in the last, what's Bouchard now? 10 points in his last 10 games with Ekholm and he's plus like six or seven in that time. Yeah. So it has become a very good pairing. But yes, uh, I, I, I think Evan Bouchard is high event and you just hope that in the high event there's more positives than negatives. Oilers win 5-4 in overtime against the San Jose Sharks. Nurse got the winner. Ekholm scored twice. Yamamoto and Bugstad also scored. 780-496-0063. Evan Bouchard uh, played. This is the fourth time in his career he's played over 26 minutes. His high is 26-54. January 25th, 2022 against Vancouver. Sir Robert is on the line. Go ahead, Sir Robert. Uh, hey guys, how you doing? Good. Well, I want to start with I want to start with a little bit on uh, my thoughts on the whole uh, goalie interference thing. Uh, to me, the one on Campbell involving uh, what was it? Couture. Uh, Couture. Yeah, that one to me, that was. If it, in my opinion, if you're going to call back either either of the two, it would have been that one. For me, the one involving Hyman, I thought was I thought was rather iffy. I didn't 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 look to me like Hyman really impeded him. But um, anyway, that's just uh, that's just my thoughts on that. Now, a couple thoughts on the game. I thought obviously to me this is uh, this is probably one of the best games that uh, we've gotten out of the, that uh, new defense in there. Uh, uh, Ekholm, uh, I thought he's looked really good since we've gotten him. Uh, Notice that seems like uh, uh, seems like Yamo's really coming along too. He's uh, back up to ten goals now. Um, I think uh, Nurse was nice to uh, uh, it was nice to see him get the winner. Um, Campbell. Uh, to me, out of the out of the last 11 games, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying tonight that he was poor, but tonight Campbell was average at best. To me, Campbell Campbell starts maybe, maybe, maybe two of the final 11. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm not confident with him in net, but I'm, I'm, a, I mean, every time he's in there, I'm, I'm a little nervous. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. Well, I think unfortunately that's the how he's making a few people feel I, I'm not sure how many he's going to start like it all depends on Skinner's where they are in the it standings might depend where they are in the standings you know how Skinner plays well the bottom line Skinner's your starter in the playoffs so you want him fully rested going into the playoffs so you are going to play Skinner uh, with the thought of what gives us the best possible Stuart Skinner in game one of the playoffs so it's that simple I know the home ice is great and all but we've seen that the Oilers have won series without home ice, and we've seen them win series with, with home ice. So it's, to me, the Oilers are just as good on the road, if not better on the road than they're on home ice, to me, just get through the rest of the games healthy and 
make sure that they are well rested come game one of the playoffs because that's when it really matters. All right, we have Tanner calling in as well. Go ahead, Tanner. Hey guys, how you doing? Good, I don't think we've heard from you before. Are you a first timer? Uh, no, I've called in a couple times before, but not lately, not this season yet. Okay, good to hear from you. So, uh, first thing, just on the goalie interference calls, um, the callback on Hyman's goal, I can kind of see where they were coming from because he wasn't allowed to slide all the way over, but at the same time, it was kind of a wonky goal anyways, so I don't think sliding over, he would have made that save at all. And then the goal on Campbell, I think that was a goal all day long. I think Oilers kind of lucked out on that one. And then I just wanted to ask you guys if you're nervous at all going into playoffs with this goalie tandem because I think we can all agree that Skinner has been the better goalie, uh, especially as of late. But uh, another stat, and I know it's not all about the stats, that's just been itching at me lately, especially since midway through the season, is that Oilers are one of three teams in the league right now without a shutout. The other two teams being arguably one of the worst in our division, Vancouver, and the worst in the whole league, Columbus. Uh, I, I'm not nervous about the goaltending, but I don't get nervous the way all of you listening do. Uh, I, <laughs> I, here's the thing. I mean, there's there's one Vasilevsky. There's one Shesterkin. Um you know, those are the first two guys. <laughs> the elite goaltenders. You know, um, there's not very many elite goaltenders. If, if anybody, here's the thing. Until Skinner or Campbell does something of note in the playoffs, then they're always going to be brought up as, gonna be as, a, as, a, as a question. Yeah. So I can't, I, I can't tell you they're going to be fine because they've never been fine in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, Campbell actually played pretty good I think against, played against yeah. Skinner's never played an NHL playoff game so I can't if you're if you're telling me you don't know that Skinner can do it in the playoffs I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you like he's to, to me I think that I, I I'm comfortable with Skinner as my starter in the playoffs as of now just the way he's played on the regular season that's all we can base it on I do also believe that the Oilers do not need great goaltending to win in the playoffs they need good goaltending uh, there are teams around the league that need great goaltending because the Oilers are going to score more than most teams. So if they get good goaltending, they will win hockey games. Uh, there's teams out there that will need great goaltending to do it. So I, I have comf I'm comfortable with Skinner being the starter, but as Reid just said, we don't know what kind of starter he is in the playoffs because, A, you yeah. haven't seen it. And I mean, uh, I had uh, Bruce Arthur on uh, before the Leafs game last weekend. And one of his in one of his columns, he'd listed. He was writing a preview, and he goes, "You know, I see people say that they're worried about Edmonton's goalie and the goalie thinning in the playoffs." And then he listed off like six or seven other teams. He's like, "Well, fair enough, but okay, well, this 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 team. This I mean." But let's look at the, that's, that's the nature of the position. The, right? the top three teams, in my belief, in the in the West are Edmonton, LA, and Colorado. Well, Colorado's starting goaltender. He's the backup they goaltender. They don't have the guy who won the cup. Yeah, he's, it's Georgie the fifth. He was the backup in New York, so it's not like they've got a lot of history with him being. Yeah. How many? Uh, so I and then in in L.A. it's Corpusalo. Now I don't know how much has Corpusalo played in the the playoffs because he was the Columbus Blue Jackets goaltender. So how good is he? And to me, those are the best teams in the Western Conference. 
So I'm not sure. And the Vegas, right now, their goaltender is Jonathan Quick, who did not have a great playoff last year for the Oilers and had a horrible season, sorry, for the Kings and had a horrible season this year for the LA Kings. So so, that, so really our point is, if, 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 if you're an Oilers fan, of course you're going to worry about more, your, more of your team. And as we know, Rob, fans are always more nervous or sometimes flat about flat out pessimistic about the team they cheer for. Mm -hmm. But... If you're if you're worried about the Oilers goaltending, then look at every all 16 teams that you think are going to be in the playoffs and rank objectively. I think Tampa, you know, that's New, what I'm saying. Tampa, New York, and probably the Boston Bruins feel really comfortable with their goaltending going into the playoffs. But those but those two guys in Boston don't have a lot of playoff. No, experience. they don't. But I think just over the course of the season, what you've seen in big games, I'm comfortable with those. Corpus has played nine playoff games, so he was the correct. goalie when they beat Tampa Bay. Oh, there you go. So he does. Also, oh, he has. Yeah, I guess he has a little bit more than I thought. That was a great trade for LA. I think that solidified them as a, a contender for the Stanley Cup by getting a good goaltender. And they got Copley as their, their backup. They got two good goaltenders right now. But again, Copley, who's a, having a fantastic year for L.A., again, he's got no experience. So, I, to me, I'm, as I, I guess at the, bottom, at the end of the question is, I'm comfortable with Stuart Skinner as well, my Well, Skinner's, the, the thing I would say about Skinner is you, we've seen him grow at every level. Mm -hmm. and then usually excel in the clutch in when he's been in the minors and quite frankly even going back to the Western League so <laughs> okay if it's you know if, if somebody wants to call in and say or you know, well what what if they play the Rangers and it's Skinner against Shesterkin okay Shesterkin's a better goalie but in a having seven said game that, series who knows what's gonna happen. having said that that meant Skinner just got you to the, the Stanley Cup right. finals or, I, that's I so. just picked up maybe that wasn't the best example but you know what I mean but it was a really good example okay seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three if you're on hold I know we got a few guys there we are uh, gonna get to you you're also gonna hear from Nick Bugstad Oilers beat the Sharks 5-4 this is Heartland Ford overtime open Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Robert finds it again at center ice. Rims it back into the zone. It's sent to the middle. Here's Fogel's side of the net. Scores! Right at the side of the goal was Bukestad, and he's able to shovel it home. Nick Bugstad, his 16th of the season. That was the Oilers' first goal of the night back at 7.08 of the first period. A lot happened after that. <laughs> and Darnell Nurse eventually wins it in overtime. The Oilers beat the Sharks 5-4. Here's Bugstad. Is that one of those games, I mean, turned out your way, but along the way, you know, just lots happening, I guess. Uh, did, did it sort of feel like that or disallowed goals and just the way the evening played out? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, not the way we started. I wanted to start, but, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, crazy game, a lot of disallowed goals, obviously, a um, few in our favor. So, um, you know, we definitely need to clean, clean some things up. And, uh, you know, our urgency early wasn't there. So I think that was uh, uh, the main problem. And, uh, you know, obviously this team doesn't have a hard time scoring, uh, at least as of late. So it's, uh, you know, when you put up that many goals, it's fun. But you also defensively want to find ways to uh, minimize their goals and their chances. I know you've only been here a short time, but you see the staff every time they seem to 
want a goal reviewed, they, they get it bang on. It's kind of been that way all year long. How clutch is that tonight for the off-ice people to do that? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, that, there, there were some big calls there. Uh, our video guys and our coaching staff are right on it. Uh, there's really no hesitation. So, um, you know, that's a big part of the game, and uh, we rely on those guys to, to help us, and they did tonight. So I'm thankful for that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it changed the game for sure. Did it just seem like a, such a wild game that Darnell would have a breakaway and the defense would have a breakaway? <laughs> no, I had all the faith in the world in Darnell going down there. Uh, I don't know what he told you guys. I, I don't think he whiffed on it. I think some of the guys were saying he did. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's just a lot going on, honestly. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, coaching staff and our team would prefer not to have a game like that. But, uh, you know, we proved that we could uh, rally back and, um, you know, battle through some adversity there. Chase talked a lot about allowing three goals or less as being kind of a recipe for success. I mean, obviously, you didn't do that tonight, but is there kind of, a, I guess, an overarching takeaway in terms of the game tonight as to how you want to play and what you want to do? Definitely, um, you know, I think defensively we, we we did some things that we haven't done um, in the last couple of weeks. So um, it's just tightening our coverage. It was it was nothing uh, nothing crazy. It was uh, you know just little things here and there. And um, you know I, I think we'll clean that up tomorrow and uh, get get back in the right mindset. Yeah, that's three goals already for you as an Oiler. How are you finding your adjustment to, to your new team? Yeah, I've had a couple of easy ones. That was an easy one tonight. Uh, you know, my line mates, uh, Mark and Fogs put it right on my tape. So, um, yeah, I'm just, you know, trying to acclimate, um, you know, and obviously you're new, you want to you make an imprint right away. So, um, you know, just trying my best to start well defensively and then uh, usually good things come from there. Nick Bukestad, one goal, played 12-34, three shots on goal, four hits, went 8 out of 17 in the faceoff circle for 47%. Oilers beat the Sharks 5-4 in overtime. The Oilers snap an eight-game losing streak in games tied after 60 minutes. They won their first two overtime games of the year. Then they had eight in a row that were tied after regulation. They lost an overtime or a shootout, so they get the win tonight in an exciting and somewhat odd game against the Sharks. We have Ron on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Ron. Go ahead. Hey, I, I want to end the conversation about goalies, but at the end of the second period, I'm sitting in the middle of all these armchair coaches calling for pulling uh, Campbell. It's soup's cold. Get him out of there. And I said, no, 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 no. If you pull Campbell now, that'll kill the guy. He'll be useless to you. Do you remember what Woodcroft said to your question? Did you think about pulling uh, uh, Campbell after the second period? you remember what he said? He said no. He said no. He didn't, he didn't even hesitate. What a coach protecting and backing up his players. And then you asked him, have you thought about uh, the coaches you're going to play? He says, nope. And you guys figured it out. He was thinking about it privately, but he said, no, not publicly. No. There's a coach protecting Campbell. The guy's a human, and uh, he has the skills. He has the ability. We just need some hot soup. I want to change the the conversation. Uh, There was an article about Yamamoto being too small. We saw Yamamoto out on the ice today flying around. 
He threw a couple of hits on big guys. What a guy. Talk to me about Yamamoto. He's a fan favorite. We love that guy. Okay, yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, Daniel Nugent-Bowman asked those questions about uh, Campbell. Yeah, I, I didn't think he'd be pulled no. after the second period. No, I not, didn't think not so Not in a game you're, you're down a goal. Uh, They're giving him a chance to, to find his game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Yamamoto wound up with a goal and assist tonight, plus three, played 20 minutes, got a couple shifts in overtime. They had that, actually, he and Nugent Hopkins had that crazy scramble where they kept the puck alive a couple of times and almost willed it over the, the goal line. Uh, yeah, I mean, Yamamoto is... He's always going to be small. He's not going to get any bigger, and sometimes, as we've said with other players, sometimes physics wins, but he knows where to go on the ice, and you're never going to question his... And he ain't shy. Yeah. He's not shy around there. He'll go to the blue paint. Yeah. All right. We also have Ed, 780-496-0063. Go ahead, Ed. Hello. Yeah, go ahead, Ed. Yeah. How are are you tonight, Rob and Reed? We're quite well. Good. Uh, I just uh, wanted to say I'm an Oiler fan since they joined the league, and uh, I've been watching them over the years. And uh, uh, what I've noticed is the order's ownership seems to build a team on offense. And uh, when we've won the Cups, we've seemed to have the goaltending. Uh, defense seems to be uh, of whatever you call it, uh, over the years. Now, my question to you, Robin Reed, is now with the addition of Ekholm, and uh, do we have a team that can go depth in the playoffs? Yep. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, the, and the owners obviously don't build the team. That's the GMs and the scouts who are generally picking the players. But uh, yeah, I think Ekholm is a. I mean, you and I were saying a lot earlier in the season, well, they need beef. They need beef. Well, well, they he's, got it. he's beefy in a lot of different ways. He's pretty darn good with the puck. What was that play he made in overtime when he was skating up the ice and did that spin around oh. and then skated back into his own end so the forwards could change it? No, he's a smart hockey player. You know, he, the others are good. They have a very good hockey club. They're capable of going on a long, long run in the playoffs, but they're going to have to but go so through some. So are other teams. Have we, to go we know what it's like in the playoffs. We just talked about the L.A. Kings. The L.A. Kings are, have had a better record than the Oilers since Christmas, and the Oilers have had a really good record, so uh, it, it's not going to be easy. You need health. You need bounces. You need great goaltending. If the Oilers get those three things, they can go on a nice long run. Okay, we also have uh, Abbas on the line. Abbas, you're uh, you're up late, aren't you? Well, we're up late. Oh, well. I think you're up even later. Well, I'm on two weeks of holidays starting today, oh. guys. Oh, Party time. Because you're, you're still out east, aren't you? Yeah, sir. So it's just absolute yeah. party time for Abbas. Oh, my goodness. Oh, dude, that was an <laughs> awesome game. You know, two Alberns. Like, I met Reimer as a lead, but my God, that kind of stole the game today. I mean, like, at least the Oilers scored on him. I'm like, no, man, we can't lose this game. But what I love about this team is the grit, the determination. Like, there's no giving up on this team. I wish Connor would have scored, but this game was full, full of ups and downs, but 
I think I think I think Campbell played amazing. I've been really, you know, strict on him because every leaf I go, see, see, he sucked. I'm like, don't worry, we'll, we'll improve him. But the thing is, is that I love uh, Woody. He always believes in everybody, and that's what you need in a in a leader in a room. And plus, Connor, he's very confident in all his players. He doesn't mind not scoring, you know, a goal every night, but he he's determined to to get a cup. And I think these guys can win the Stanley Cup, provided. But you know, one thing, guys, I realized that they never scored on the power play. There was zero. Yeah, they were. They yeah. Thanks, Abbas. Uh, and have a good holiday. They were over three tonight, and they got one with a minute forty. I mean, when Ferraro shot the puck over the glass, I thought there. This is old. so did I. I but I but, but yeah, a couple great saves by Reimer, especially one off Drysaitel, and a couple close calls, and the Oilers couldn't quite uh, get the win on, on that power play. But they do win in the three on three part of the overtime with uh, Nurse scoring to give the Oilers their 40th victory of the season. They are 40, 23, and eight. Okay, uh, we also have Tony. Last call tonight. Tony, go ahead. Hey, I have a, I have a question for you guys. So, people are, you know, bagging on Cam because of the way he's been playing and everything like that. But besides that third period, and I'm even talking about even in Seattle, I thought for five periods straight, our defense did not help at all. Because I know we had, what, two, three goals disallowed from, for us, but they just seemed to be all defensive breakdowns or us not doing what we should have done, and I understand you play, you pay, you uh, pay Campbell to make saves, but you you gotta help your goaltender at some point. I think it's a combination that Campbell hasn't been good, and the Oilers at times have been poor defensively in front of him. Yeah, they they didn't uh, they didn't defend. Like I said, a lot of bad decisions, bad reads. Uh, I I thought Seattle is a better team, and maybe more of a case where the Oilers didn't handle the do a good job getting the puck up the ice. Yep. I thought today when the... I mean, the Oilers could have executed better in the offensive zone, but for the most part, when they had the puck, they, they got it up the ice. The Oilers were good but, with the puck. The Oilers today weren't good without the puck. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Matias Ekholm, the Viking, massive game. You'll hear from him when we get back. Oilers beat the Sharks 5-4 in overtime. Heartland Ford overtime open line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Center ice, Eckholm, right wing to dry sidle, comes into the Sharks' end. Oilers down by one here in the third to the blue line of McDavid. Left wing, Eckholm, he'll walk to the net, scores! Just an absolute blast by Ekholm that tied it up at 16-13 to the third period. That's going to be our crunch of the game. Usually it's a big hit, but that huge slapper is a crunch for Cougar Paint Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. Oilers pull it out 5-4 in overtime against the Sharks. Two goals for Ekholm. Here he is. Not exactly a defensive gem, but uh, sometimes they turn out that way. Is that how he... Yeah, obviously with the la- last week, I thought we had three good opponents, like in playoff races battle, like we knew it was going to be a tough week. Um, I guess this might have been a little bit of 
exhaling maybe um, I don't know what to call it but yeah I agree with you we could have been a lot better tonight I thought um, but at the same time these games are hard you 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 gotta work yourself up you gotta get yourself going and uh, we snuck it out uh, obviously we could have been better but at the same time it's hard to win in this league so we'll, we'll take it and move on the thing in this town has been a team that has to try to win games when 97 and 29 don't do all the scoring uh, tonight that was the case you got a couple and everybody else scored around on a weird night at least does it mean that the depth wins something for you yeah, I don't get used to it with me, I guess. Um, I'm not big. I heard it was the second multi-goal game of my career. So um, I guess things are clicking, and, and that's nice. I'll try to enjoy that and keep that moving. But um, I think we have good depth on this team. I think we showed it tonight. I think we can contribute from the back end. I think we have um, great guys um, up front that can do it. So I, it's, it's going to be a team effort, and especially come playoffs. I, I know how big that is because obviously anyone that plays Edmonton are going to have a, a, a pretty heavy emphasis on those two guys and and we all the other guys need to, to step up so, so you didn't when, uh, you, when you've only had two you remember your other one two multi-goal games? Actually, in the radio interview, he said that. So I, 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 I do not, I don't remember that one on the top of my head. Oh, actually, was it was it in Edmonton, right? No, it wasn't. It was. It took away. I, in, at Rexall, I had what I thought was a two-goal game, but I think uh, they corrected it afterwards. So you didn't picture, <laughs> so you didn't picture yourself going toe-to-toe -to -toe with the other Swedish defenseman named E.K. by goal, uncles? <laughs> not really, no. He's a complete different player than I am, so... Um, um, I take a lot of pride. I'm not saying he doesn't take pride in the defensive side of the game, but that's more my strength, and his strength is obviously in the offensive side. So it was it was nice to, to chip in, but um, again, don't get used to it. You've got this this slap shot, though. I mean, you're making it sound like you're hitting it with your eyes closed, but you're picking corners here. Yeah, but that's also a result of playing with 97. Um, if you guys look at that goal, there's two guys just sprinting at him, and, and that gives me all day, all night to, to wind up and take a look and, and take a look again and then hopefully hit it. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not saying that tonight the second goal was a, a good shot. Uh, nothing, not going to deny that, but I think also the time and space you get playing with those guys is um, obviously helps. So you had Jeremy in Nashville, too. He was 3-for-3 three three tonight on those video replays. He was that good in Nashville too. Yeah, awesome. Uh, it was. It, it's been a comfort for me. I mean, he was one, probably the guy I knew the best coming here. Um, and I don't think those guys get credit enough with what they do. They're they're doing long hours. They're they they grind it out. And to if you look at it, what's what's their margin of error? It's an offside by sometimes inches right and and it's a kind of a because you're supposed to always be right when you challenge too so it's kind of a uh, uh i mean not so rewarding job at times and, and pretty hard um because you always have to be right and uh they won us the game tonight so it was great to see and, and their our video coach team here is, is tremendous so good on them matias ekholm scored on a little change up backhander and then on an absolute heater of a fastball. He's the first star tonight. Darnell Nurse gets the winner in overtime. 5-4 over San Jose. Shots for 51-32 for the Oilers. So they figure out James Reimer. And yes, four goals overturned in this game on video review. Three of them San Jose goals. One of them Zach Hyman, who now has seven goals taken away <laughs> this season. But the Oilers figured it out wasn't pretty, but they get the win. Our next game broadcast presented by Friesen Brothers is Wednesday. It's a late one, 7 o'clock face-off show here on 630 Jet Game.
after 8.30. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening, and Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place. We've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.